All right, so we get that Hobbit going. Well, now, we left off at the dragon, correct? Yeah, at the... After they were in the wilderness. Like, yeah, they were walking in the wilderness. There we go. There we go. Have a good day. How about you? You look sharp. You look good in the throne. You look good in that throne. It's Friday. Should we watch some Hobbit? Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Get out your workbook. Go to page 167. Okay. my dear Frodo, is where I come in. For quite by chance, and the will of a wizard, fate decided I would be in charge of this tale. It began. Began as you might expect. In a hole in the ground, they lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole full of worms, woozy smells. This was a hobbit hole. That means good food, a warm bath, and all the comforts of home. Let me pray. Today it's it's Friday. We got 45 minutes. We're gonna watch a bunch of The Hobbit. All right. And today is a day about adventure. I know. Today's about adventure. And if I could be oh so blunt, it's about not missing our adventure. Right. Uh, if you read the book, 
passages that I handed out, right? Gandalf shows up and says, I want you to share in an adventure. Not go on, but what? Share in one. And so uh, let me open with a word of prayer. We're going to look at our final exam for this class briefly, just for five minutes. And then we're going to watch The Hobbit for the rest of the day, basically. So why not, right? All right, so uh, let me pray. Lord, thanks for your grace. Thanks for getting us through this week. Thank you for a beautiful day and how we're going to be able to burst out of this school into this gorgeous sunshine. Pray for a lot of fun this weekend. Pray for safety, the junior senior banquet, and wise choices and that you would bring protection. Uh, Lord, I pray for us as we consider the lessons that Tolkien offers us and that Peter Jackson offers us in this story, that we wouldn't miss our adventure with you, that we would say yes, even if it's scary. Because when you are the one taking us on an adventure, it's our life. That's, uh, that's what you have called us into. And help us not to miss that. Pray all this in the power of your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. I'd like you to be at page 167 of the workbook. Uh, since this is about your final exam, can everybody at least look like you're looking at it? Like pretend like you're looking at it? on a screen or in the workbook. <laughs> so, so pull up the PDF, open up the final exam stuff on Academy Central, or go to page 167 of your workbook. I'm only gonna spend about five minutes on it today. I will talk more about it later, but some of you are gonna to wanna to start thinking about what story you're going to use. So in the spirit of applicability and this last unit where I am trying to help you see that all great stories do what? Oh, nobody. Thank you. They point us to the true great story. And all these great myths point us to the true great man, right? For 15 years, the final exam in this class has always been, we're going to track Frodo as he leaves the Shire and look at all these different metaphors these applicability moments, these key scenes in the story, and how they relate to our life. So we see Frodo on a mythic epic and journey, and we look at his journey, we can then see how our lives are like Frodo's lives, or life. Fair enough? You do that with Gandalf or Sam. We look at that story, we apply it to our lives. Fair enough? Last semester I tried something new. <laughs> Did you want to wheel all the way down there? Okay. <laughs> I like noticing the conversation. Oh, sorry. No, you're, you're good. You're, it's nice to have you here. Thanks. There you go. Be nice and close to the screen eventually. Um, last semester, I tried something new, and I said, hey, pick your favorite movie, pick your favorite epic adventure, pick your favorite story, and just do it on your own. Pick 12 key scenes, 12 key moments that show the journey of this character. Now, all great stories about great characters are gonna have the characters on a what? <laughs> on a journey, like it's gonna happen. Think of Finding Nemo, or Finding Dory, or Kung Fu Panda, or any Disney movie, and everybody's on a what? So, what can you now use for your final exam? Yeah, you can use Finding Nemo. Batman, uh, Lego Batman's already taken. Someone already asked for that, so sorry. But you could do it, you could do it. Double dip, right? But any Disney movie, any, any Hobbit movie, any Lord of the Rings movie, 
that also opens it up now to Harry Potter, Star Wars, <laughs> any epic, you know, like the Iliad, the Odyssey, you know, Braveheart. Like, what What do you want to use? Any of the DC comics, any of the, what's the other one? Marvel comics, Batman, Superman, Superwoman, right? They'll all work. That also includes, though, any great Charles Dickens story, even like Christmas Carol, right? Think of... Uh, any great Jane Austen story, which all of them are great, so that's easy pickings, right? But think of Emma and the journey that Emma goes on. And do I need to keep giving ideas? Are we doing okay? We're good? So have a ball, and the assignment is basically thus. You pick 12 key moments. You take that moment and pick three key things about that moment. And then you say, that moment can be like this in my life. So, the Shire can be like this in my life. Getting stabbed on Weathertop and getting wounded can be like when this happened in my life. Going to Rivendell can be like this. The Balrog, like see what's going on? And you're going to find all these different metaphors. And eventually, once you make the metaphors, you'll create your own little metaphor map and you'll see your life as an epic journey. And at least start that process because we are all on a journey. Everybody in the room is on a journey. And have you had some really hard moments? Uh, raise your hand if you've had a hard moment in life or today, <laughs> right. Right. let alone in life. right? Raise your hand, though, if you've had some great, awesome moments and some times of real peace and joy or really belly laughter moment or this great vacation moment, right? And hopefully we can raise our hands and say, I've had some good moments. If you haven't had any good moments, well then bless you and get on your journey and go have some good moments, right? But you notice Frodo gets stabbed on Weathertop but ends up at Rivendell. He fights a Balrog with Gandalf but ends up in Lothlorien. You know, does that make sense? Like he ends up in Mordor but also ends up in Minas Tirith, which is Aragorn's castle. And that's, that's the journey. Go team. We got it? That's your five-minute spiel right now. And so today is about the start of that journey. Where do our journeys start? And quite frankly, how do we not miss them? Because sadly, it actually happens. I'll be one of those Bible teachers. I'm not a pastor. I'm not your dad. But I'll be one of your Bible teachers in the history of Bible teachers who will tell you, I actually believe that there's two salvations that are offered to us. Now, obviously, take up your cross daily, right? I love what Wendell Berry says, practice resurrection. Every day we need to die to self and come back to life. Fair enough? So, yeah, we need saved all the time. But when you ask Christ to save you, when you trust in him and make him your savior, you're a new creation, you're a new self, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, will that ever stop? No, so will I see you in heaven? A, if you hopefully were paying attention in class this semester, grace is awesome. We're saved by faith, right? Grace saves us. We're in. We good? Can you sit back, though, in your hobbit hole and wait for heaven? Yeah. I think it's interesting is that there's this initial salvation through grace in our identity in being a child of God. That's awesome. But then Christ also does this. He'll save a disciple, and then he'll tell what to the disciple? 
come and follow me, or go and make disciples. Either one. And that's, that's what today is about. We have Bilbo being invited to share in an adventure. Then we have Frodo being told to, told to go. Go and destroy the ring, right? And uh, would Bilbo regret not going? Yeah, I think, I think he would actually. If he had not gone, I wonder if he would. Yeah, no, would he regret not going? He would probably regret not going. Would he regret leaving? Yeah, he would. Frodo, was it hard? Oh yeah, hardest thing ever. But had he not gone, he would have missed out on like saving Middle Earth and hanging out with Aragorn and Galadriel, like Elrond. He would have missed what? The adventure of his life. Bilbo would have missed what he was like made for. Fair enough? But as you watch this scene, I want you to look at something very carefully. Does Gandalf force Bilbo to go? Does he manipulate him? Does he shame him? Does he coerce him? It's like none of those things. It's pure what? Invitation. Now, he's like Jehovah Sneaky, right? Like he throws a bunch of dwarves in there and they talk about treasure and uh, they kind of pile into his house. But you know, when you're hanging out with Jesus, unexpected things can happen. So as you watch this scene, I've often compared Gandalf to the Holy Spirit in this scene. And how he sometimes just kind of comes out of nowhere into your life and up to your front door and into your heart and says, Hey, you want to go on an adventure? You want to share an adventure with me? Fair enough? So you watch this. Watch how can you apply this scene, these scenes, to your life, maybe even right now as a graduating senior or a junior, per se. Still here, but ready? They think you're becoming odd. Yeah. Odd? Becoming odd? <laughs> Unsociable. Unsociable. Thank you. Be nonsense. Be a good lad and put that on the game. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Unsociable. <laughs> you think you'll come? Who? Daniel. Oh, he wouldn't miss a chance to lit up his whiz poppers. He'll give us quite a show, you'll see. Right then, I'm off. Off to where? He's Farthing Woods. I'm going to surprise him. Well, go on then. We don't want to be late. He doesn't approve of being late. Not that I ever was. In those days, I was always on time. Uh. I was entirely respectable. Nothing unexpected ever happened. So when you hang out with uh, Yahweh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, right? Stating that this is a morning to be good on. 
All of them at once, I suppose. I love that. Can I help you? A tremendous machine. <laughs> I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. An adventure? <coughs> now, I don't imagine anyone west of Bree would have much interest in adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable thing. Make you late for dinner. Yep. I should have lived to be good morning by Belladonna Took's son, as if I were selling buttons at the door. Beg your pardon? You've changed. I'm not entirely for the better, Milbo Beggins. I'm sorry, do I know you? Well, you know my name, although you don't remember I belong to it. I'm Gandalf. And Gandalf means, you know, me. The wandering wizard who made such excellent fireworks of old too used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. <laughs> no idea he was still in business. And where else should I be? <clears throat> well, I'm pleased to find you remember something about me, even if it's only my fireworks. Well, that's decided. It will be very good for you. Most amusing for me. I shall inform the others. Inform the who? What? No, uh, no. <laughs> no. Wait. We do not want any adventures here. Thank you. Not today. Nothing. I suggest you try over the hill or across the water. Good morning. Yeah. And what could some of us. We can hear you. What do some of us do with the Holy Spirit when he comes knocking? Not today. Sorry. Yeah, not today. I don't, I'm not really into the adventure thing. And you're a wizard, and, you know, wizards are kind of weird, right? I love that. I didn't know you were still in business. Think about that just about the Holy Spirit. Like, you still do stuff? Oh, I remember your fireworks. Like, you do kind of fun. You used to do funky stuff, right? It's almost like it's a natural fit for some of us. And then we're like, yes, sorry, I'm, I'm the wrong guy. Which, by the way, anybody else in Scripture do this? <laughs> yeah, Mo. <laughs> like, ah, take save somebody else. Did Moses have to go save the millions of slaves? No. God could have picked somebody else, right? Actually, Moses tried to push it away. Imagine if he did. And it was like Bill <laughs> instead of Moses. <laughs> You know, because God could pick someone else. If you don't say yes to him, he'll probably just move on to somebody else. And don't worry, he'll come back to your door and ask again. He's always got adventures for us. But it'd be a bummer to miss it.
Phew, he's gone. God, Jesus won't bother me anymore. Holy Spirit's not going to bother me anymore, right? Whew. Although, Jehovah's sneaky. <laughs> By the way, it reminds me of the opening of Shrek, doesn't it? Now, how do we know that Bilbo really actually doesn't want to be alone? Same with Shrek. There's more than one chair. Right? Dwalin. <laughs> At your service. Yeah. Uh, Bilbo. Baggins. Yours. <laughs> Do we know each other? <laughs> I love I just walked no. in. <laughs> Which wheel, laddie? Is it down here? It is what down where? Supper. He said there'd be food. A lot's all it. He he said. <laughs> Who said? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he just sits down and eats some fish. Alright, and then we keep going, and then what happened? More, and then what? More, and then. Excuse me, Mr. Gandalf. May I tempt you with a cook? Of chamomile. Oh, no, thank you, Roy. A little red wine for me, Isaac. Kitty, kitty. Oin, oin, Did Bibble expect this? Nope. And then, who shows up? Right, and what uh, hospitality? What way? Like, what's gonna happen that night? It's uncomfortable, and they're they're burping. That's a good pause, All right? And then they they're gonna break his plates, and then they start throwing his plates around and singing that cool song, right? And then what do we learn about the dragon? And Gandalf pulls out what? Terms cash on delivery. Up to, but not exceeding 114. But he's been uh, invited to come. And again, to reclaim treasure that was stolen, to reclaim a kingdom that was stolen. I'll keep saying that until it clicks for us. Total profit, if any. Seems fair. Uh, present company shall not be liable for injuries inflicted by or sustained as a product thereof, including but not limited to lacerations, evisceration. <laughs> Incineration. Oh, I am out the flesh off your bones in the blink of an eye. <laughs> You're right, laddie. Huh? Yeah, okay. Hey, easy or hard to go kill a dragon? Think furnace. Easy or hard? I, I need a flash of light, searing pain, then poof! You're nothing more than a pile of ash. <laughs> Very helpful. I'll be all right. Just let me sit quietly for a moment. You've been sitting quietly for far too long. Tell me, when did Doyle's and your mother's dishes become so important to him? I remember a young hobbit who was always running off in search of elves in the woods. He'd stay out late, come home after dark, trailing mud and twins, fireflies, 
young hobbit who would have liked nothing better than to find out what was beyond the borders of the Shire. The world is not in your books and maps. It's out there. I can't just go running off into the blue. I am a Baggins of Bag End. You are also a Took. Did you know that your great-great-great-great-uncle Bullroarer Took was so large he could ride a real horse? Yes, well, he could. In the Battle of Greenfields, he charged the Goblin ranks. He swung his club so hard, it knocked the Goblin King's head clean off, and it sailed a hundred yards through the air and went down a rabbit hole. And thus the battle was won. And the game of golf invented at the same time. You made that up. Well, all good stories deserve embarrassment. You'll have a tale or two to tell of your own when you come back. Alright. Can you promise that I will come back? No. And if you do, you'll not be the same. Isn't that why we go on the adventures? That's what I thought. Sorry, Gandalf, I can't sign this. You've got the wrong hobbit. It appears we have lost our burglar. Probably for the best. The odds were always against us. After all, what are we? Merchants, miners. Tinkers, toy makers. Hardly the stuff of legend. There are a few warriors amongst us. Gold warriors. I will take each and every one of these dwarves over an army from the Iron Hills. For when I called upon them, they answered. Loyalty, honor, a willing heart. I can ask no more. You don't have to do this. You have a choice. You've done honorably by our people. You have built a new life for us in the Blue Mountains. A life of peace and plenty. A life that is worth more than all the gold in Erebor. From my grandfather to my father, this has come to me. They dreamt of the day when the dwarves of Erebor would reclaim their homeland. There is no choice, Balin. Well, think about that for him. No, for me. We are co-heirs with Christ. And we are with you, laddie. And so to reclaim Christ's kingdom we'll down here? I love that. We'll see it done, right? What's our true identity in Christ? Gotta love this song. <laughs>
See, and someday you'll wake up. They cleaned up the mud. They put away the dishes. It's all restocked. It was just one night of inconvenience, maybe. But actually, one night of invitation. And there's two things you could be going through. You're like, phew, finally. <laughs> I'll have to deal with that invitation for that adventure. They're gone. Oh, I can just get back to what? Just my cozy, cushy little life. Which we won't... No one would, you know, belittle him for choosing this. It's a beautiful hobbit hole. Killing dragons is a huge deal. But in his heart, what? <laughs> he wants to what? He wants to go. Don't we want an adventure? Don't we want to do something of significance, something real? Don't we want to be part of killing dragons and reclaiming treasures and kingdoms? Hanging out with princes who will become kings? But like, here's the thing. At some point in real time, like existential reality of time, we, we have to make choices, don't we? And we can literally, what? Miss out, can't we? That's what I love about this story. He could say no, and no one's going to blame him. And no one's going to shame him. There's no guilt. It's just, if he says no right now, there's no what? <laughs> there's, there's no story. There's no Hobbit story. And he's just Bilbo. Doesn't mean he wouldn't get invited on another one later. It's just, he doesn't want to miss this one, does he? I think that's how I want to say it to you guys. Like, I don't want you to miss it either. I don't want you to miss your life. But it's not like just miss your life. I want you to miss your life with Christ. Like following Christ where he's going to take you on the crazy adventure. Some of you read that packet. Remember the, the tandem bike poem? And there's a, there's a poem in there about tandem bicycle. And if you're in the front, you can steer, right? And you can just put God in the back and let him pedal and motor you along. But in that poem, what does a guy do? <laughs> he puts God in the front. Anybody been on the back of a tandem? It's got handlebars. Can you do anything with them though? Nope. I love that image of letting God on the front of a mountain bike. <laughs> Where is God going to take you? <laughs> right, you better just what? Hold on. right? So he has to make a choice. Remember, this is not the heaven and hell choice, is it? This is just following Christ on the adventure of building his kingdom choice and it's going to be dangerous for sure <laughs> go it's like go 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 don't miss it right? run
you've seen who's seen it who's seen the movie and then here it all unfold right he forgets his handkerchief although does he need a handkerchief <laughs> yes and uh, and does he miss his adventure no it's great and it's crazy adventure um i love those ponies quick pause when i was a little kid and i was reading this um and i was reading it to my kids now i'll talk about that in a little bit the burglar thing always bothered me i'm you know my pharisee spirit my religious spirit my moral you know high ground was like he's a burglar though like he can't steal how could he be the hero and be a thief I always felt so awkward about that for like 20 years. <laughs> and then I realized, wait a second, who's he stealing from? The dragon. <laughs> like, who, whose treasure is that? It's the dwarves. They're not stealing. They're stealing back what the enemy has stolen. There's some great songs like that. If Satan steals your, your dignity and your purity and your honor, what do you get to do? Steal it back. How many kids has Satan tried to steal from us? And we get to go do what? Through adoption or helping with sex trafficking or sponsoring a child. We get a child. We get to do what? Steal them back, right? Get them back from the enemy. I just love that concept. But there's a dragon out there trying to steal treasure from the kingdom, and we get to go steal it back. So now I kind of like the fact that he's a burglar. <laughs> I kind of want to be a burglar. I want to be a thief, a Robin Hood, right? And they had passed bets and they, whatever. And so he's on his adventure. And how's this go? If we start doing those scenes, right? 12 scenes. Well, he leaves, which is great. There's the invitation. And then they've got orcs chasing them. So what's it like to have somebody chasing you down? And it rains and that's hard. And then we meet who? Radagast, right? Crazy, awesome wizard, right? Um, but we also realize that there are other evil creatures around. There's trolls. And what could the trolls represent? Right, so trolls is a hard moment. So think of a metaphor for trolls where you're feeling tied up in a sack and you're about to you know, get taken off your quest. But then Gandalf shows up and turns them all to stone with light. And how do we fight the enemy with light? Even down to the trolls, Sauron wanted to make something like the Ents who were really powerful and wise. Can Sauron do that? No, so he ends up making trolls which are a warped version of the Ents. They're kind of dumb and they're just rocks, right? They're strong. Ends are strong, but actually trees are stronger than rocks. That's where we get those cracks in the rocks. So you get this kind of fun metaphors keep going. Not only that, they get what? Treasure for their journey and swords. Is God going to call you on an adventure and not equip you for that adventure? That'd be like me taking someone rock climbing and then giving them no equipment. I wouldn't do that. Would God? Is God's not a bad leader. He'll give you everything you need and more for the journey. He'll give you swords. He'll give you treasure. He'll give you the backpack. He'll give you companions, right? Bilbo gets that awesome sword that glows when evil is around. And then we realize uh, that we're under the attack again and we get hunted by orcs, but we end up where? In Rivendell. Isn't that beautiful? Rivendell, by the way. Thank you. Luke, Howard, right? And we realize that uh, we got Galadriel and Saruman and Elrond and Gandalf are talking and the necromancer, Sar Sauron is back in Dol Gador, right? And we got to deal with that issue. That's what part of the Hobbit unfolds. And then they're out. They leave Rivendell. 
They go up and they got to fight rock monsters because, of course, there's rock monsters in the mountains, right? Of course. You guys see what happens? We got the trolls, which is a hard time, but then Rivendell, which is really great. And then we got rock monsters, like, and that's part of what? Part of the journey. So if you wanted to do The Hobbit, could you find 12 different things that would work for applicability and metaphor? Yeah, I just gave you six, right? There was going to be even some more. But I wanted to end class here today at this spot. They end up underground in front of that guy, right? Who's this horrible old goblin, right? These orcs. And uh, they're going to get tortured and probably killed. But then Bilbo falls down and finds himself down here. So this is what we read for today. On his journey, there's going to be hard moments, tricky moments. He falls into a cave, dark cave. It's a chapter in The Hobbit called Riddles in the Dark. Did we talk about any other caves? Yeah. Any other caves this semester? Allegory of the cave, right? And Tolkien actually makes a direct connection. What's that? Is that an orc? Or a goblin? Or a troll? It's a hobbit. It's Smeagol the hobbit. Notice how there's no lash marks, scars on his back. He hasn't been to Mordor yet. That thing in the ground is an orc. Or a goblin. Same thing. Now we don't know how the ring is lost. Tolkien doesn't tell us. But I like Peter Jackson's interpretation. There it is. Imagine you're on your journey and this happens. You got your sword that's glowing, which means there's goblins and orcs around, right? And this ring is evil. Does this happen in our lives sometimes? We just stumble upon it, we don't know what it is, we don't know that it's evil. And something happened that the ring did not intend. I showed this it stops glowing now Gollum is still alive but the orc is dead what does that say about Gollum he's not what he's not an orc actually the whole the blue went out he's not even a what he's not the enemy does he act like the enemy Sometimes. yeah but is he the enemy no his identity is a hobbit now, I like how this because of our mythology we can have really good delineations on this stuff behavior versus identity and Peter Jackson even captures that well here now the Bible has a verse in it saying that our enemy 
like a lion, right? Prowling around looking for someone to devour. Here we got an enemy in this dark cave who is prowling around looking to devour this hobbit. Now, I've read this to my kids. It's a little freaky, isn't it? Yeah, as this is written for you. I don't, we don't, we're not watching the movie yet. That's a little over the top. We'll get there. But right now I'm reading it to them and I stop right now. And I'm like, hey, Anna and Eli, in our story, is there a character who prowls around looking to devour you guys, looking to ruin your life, looking to hurt you? Now, my being mean is of a dad telling them that, asking them that. Should my kids be aware of Satan? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right? Are there even people out there who want to hurt my children. Yeah, we've got to be what? We've got to be careful. Watch this next point, though. No pun intended. So scary. Yep. Bilbo would be what? Without that sword, he'd be dead. We're going to look at metaphors and symbols and application with this chapter on Monday. I encourage you to read it if you haven't, but reading it even right now. I, I stopped reading it, put the book down. I said, in our family, when we look at symbols and stories, Anna and Eli, who are seven or eight, when I read it to them, what's a sword represent? I mean, the Bible, Ephesians 6, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? God's word is a sword. Bilbo would be what without his sword? Dead. Without God's word. When you find yourself in a tight spot and somebody's eating you or a lie is eating away at you or a riddle like good God allowing evil or God's a healer but I'm not healed. If you're in the dark with those things gnawing at you and your mind and your heart, if you don't have a sword like Bilbo, we could end up what? Getting eaten. I stop, I pause every year, and I look out at my seniors. And I'm like, are there going to be any dark spots, any hard spots in college? Come on. You guys know who graduated last year. Any hard spots with some of your friends? A lot of them were sitting in my classroom when I said, how in the world can you expect to go through college without your sword? You'll get what? I'm not threatening. I'm just saying, you'd probably get eaten alive. <laughs> Yet how many, how, how many students try to go and navigate all that, how to navigate college without a Bible? <laughs> he doesn't even know how to use it. He just what? Has it. <laughs> At least he has it. Next week's lesson is like learning how to use it well, right? That's, that's nice when you have a sword and you can use it. But you at least need to what? Have it. Warning you, don't come any closer. It's got an elfish blade, but it's not an elf's. 
My name is Bilbo Baggins. Bagginses. What is Bagginses, my precious? I'm a hobbit from the Shire. Ooh. Too much information. Bagginses, bats, and fishes. But we hasn't tried hobbits before. Is it soft? Is it juicy? He has to eat him. the story what happens here they have a game of riddles right and it ends up being I'll eat you if you can answer my riddle if you can answer mine I'll show you the way out of the dark cave let me leave you with a thought here powerful scene powerful little book it's a kid's book yet we've got a cave where the creatures prowling around in the dark looking to devour the other one we've got the sword to protect I think it's really intriguing when we have riddles and many of you are aware that Jesus spoke in parables. But in two of the verses about Jesus, the actual translation is he's, they say, why do you talk in riddles? Paradoxes are like riddles, aren't they? Actually, the riddles in this scene are mostly paradoxes, which is intriguing to me. And I, I look at this and you start panning back and if we can't answer the riddles that Jesus offers us, well, if you don't answer the riddles, the parables of Christ, you'll remain where? In the dark. But if you can, you can come out into the light, right? And here, if we can answer, if Bilbo can answer the riddles, he can get out of the dark cave into the light and continue on his journey. And I know that see, it might seem like literary spin, but isn't it true when we can't answer the riddles of theology or doctrine or the riddles we see in life or in scripture? We end up feeling what? Like we're in the dark and they often eat away at us, don't they? Thanks for listening. Come back on Monday and we'll finish up Riddles in the Dark and then we'll move on to the Fellowship of the Rings. Have a great weekend. You guys are awesome. Come ready to talk on Monday about Riddles in the Dark. Look for metaphors, symbols. Allegory moment. See you guys. See ya. I want to play. I do. I want to play. I can see. You are very good at this. So, why don't we have a game of riddles? Yes, just, just, just you and me. Just, just, just us. Yes. Yes. 
up this lesson I think the key here is that on the next lesson we're really going to look at the metaphors and how they pull into us and apply to our lives but also what riddles are we struggling with that we have that are left still paradoxes or frustrating moments that are, there are answers for and there's satisfying answers like a riddle that can get us out of dark into light 